0: Now, here is Tim Talks.
1: Welcome to Tim Talks. Ah, there you go. You know, oh, wow. I don't have that disease. Ready. Fired up. No, Timism. Hortonism. Hortnism. Yes. We Horton want people to get Timism. For Tim Timism. Talk. Yeah.
0: We want you to be a Timmy. Yeah, for sure. Um, is there a Tism? You'd be a Tism.
1: I don't know. Maybe it'd be more Hinduism.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, we don't want that. We don't want that. (laughs) Something like that. How are you, my friend? I'm awesome. It's Friday.
1: You're looking at me and you had to ask me?
0: (laughs) Well, I try to be kind. (laughs) I want to treat everybody fair and equally, even if they don't look great. (laughs) I'm not one of those shallow guys that goes on looks alone. I try to go deeper than that. If you have nice hair, then you're in.
1: <laughs>
0: if you're ugly but have nice hair, you're yeah. in my club.
1: <laughs> I, I was never wanting to be a f- show favoritism either, and so it wasn't just looks. It was Monday too, money, too. That's right. The money counts. <laughs> and money was a little bit more important hey, than looks.
0: no. <laughs> Now, now, I'll tell you what, that is that is a part of you know people's problems sometimes with sure. favoritism uh, in the church. If somebody's oh, got yeah, money, that's—I yeah, that came to mind. That's yeah, been a sure.
1: long, long time. And I'll tell you how new mm. of a problem that is. James talked about it 2,000 years ago. <laughs> right, <laughs> but, exactly. Hey, you guys exactly. in church that are letting the rich people... Don't you understand the problems that rich people do to poor people? What's your problem? Why yeah. are you letting them, you know, seeking favoritism from them?
0: Right, right. It's because they wanted a paycheck. <laughs> they wanted want to get paid, so they were nice to the rich guys. Okay, so. <laughs> Little did they know.
1: How often have you been in, let's say, a $2 million home or more expensive than that? How many? How often?
0: Oh, man. Oh, I'd say two million in Canada and two million in America well, are two different things. I, I would say probably, I'd say probably yeah, 10 so, times, 15 so, times.
1: Yeah, in your whole yeah. life. And so whenever you yes. figure, you know, we sort of cross uh, the, the class structure a little bit more often than they did back in uh, Bible times. So you just mm-hmm. think about the number of poor people that went to a mansion for church because it was the only place big enough and how they may have felt walking Mm -hmm. in there, going oh you know and and thinking i'm gonna wow i'm gonna really be nice to this guy and i'm gonna because Mm -hmm. that's the way christians think because they haven't grown in the lord so it was a problem two thousand years ago because it's a problem with people
0: yeah I'll tell you this, for those of you that might think that your pastor favors the wealthy, I'll let you know that working with the wealthy can be very tricky, can be very difficult sometimes. Because with wealth comes a change in people sometimes. And I had a very wealthy man tell me this, that not only does it change those who become wealthy, it changes those around them. Oh, yes. And it does. It does. I've seen it. And so if you think that having a wealthy person in the church you know, hinders your opportunity, not necessarily so, and that there is a favoritism to the wealthy. Now, a wise pastor takes the money from the wealthy and puts that in a separate account, puts it in a building fund or puts it in a missions project account so that it doesn't have bearing on the weekly offerings, and if that person would leave, then, you know, he's not getting a paycheck kind of thing. That's what a wise pastor does, a wise church, and um, that helps with that. But, yeah, that that's, that's a complaint. In a lot of situations, well, and, most uh, people of means, work or college or what, just
1: are happy to go to a church where they get yelled at too. You know, yeah. instead of yeah. maybe they're yeah. treated slightly different, but not not a lot. But you know, mm-hmm. the pastor's just going to let it rip to everybody that's there, and they respect that, and they and that's why they're there,
0: right? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I've known some very wealthy people who've been incredible church members you'd never know they had wealth they never flash that they never flaunt that they never abuse that they're just people that love the lord and god has blessed their business and i've met some incredible business people like that who've done some great things but nobody would ever know about it and so it doesn't always mean they're you know that a guy or a woman or a family with wealth is going to be a hindrance to the church either so
1: all right so we're dealing with teenagers college students maybe young adults mm-hmm. who now have been smacked upside the head with favoritism nepotism whatever it is you know they they have been mm-hmm. maybe let's say 28 years old and they've been with the company for 6 years and you know to them 6 years seems like an eternity uh, but they've built up a right. good foundation they've showed great talent they have great promise and then the boss brings in his dork of a nephew or you know something like that mm-hmm. and yeah. and they see right. you know this person maybe making twice what they are now how do you deal with it you know we're we're dealing with teens that maybe you go to youth camp or you're get, trying to earn some kind of reward and then you see something that's unfair how do you deal with it you're you're trying out for a sports team and some guy just cuz he's related to somebody or somebody has a little bit of money Maybe they're a little bit more popular in the community. Their kid makes the team and you don't. Or their kid makes the team and your kid doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, you, you're not just being, uh, you know, <laughs> unrealistic, but you know your kid's better. And now how do you deal mm-hmm. with it?
0: Wow. I think I, I, you have to confront it. I think if you're really upset, you need to confront it. You need to go and very calmly and, you know, collectively say, hey, I noticed something and I just want to make sure we're being fair and I want to make sure that everybody has the same opportunity and and playing field. Uh, I think you have to address it like anything else. There's a biblical way of handling everything and you go to that person directly and you say, hey, listen, I want to talk to you. Um, I, I want to protect you. I want to protect your reputation. I want to protect your company. And I I saw this, and I just want you to be aware. And I'm not looking for anything, but you just need to be careful. I think that's the way that happens. Now, depending on that person, they may get very upset with you. They might get mad. They might – somebody might fire you. I don't know. Um, but I think if it's bothering you, you have to address it. And then if it continues on, I think you have to address it to a higher level until finally it's either resolved or – you have to walk right, away. We're going
1: to come back to another point of that. All right, so how okay. how easy is it for a teenager who sees either nepotism or favoritism happen, how easy is it to talk to their friends rather than to talk to the person in charge?
0: Well, yeah. always Always easier, right? Yeah. Yeah. To make that confrontation is very difficult because you know that person's going to be defensive. You know they're going to be on the defense. And they may be very critical. And you may hear something you don't want to hear. They might say, well, thank you for that, but I'll be honest with you, they're just better than you are. They got the job because they're better qualified. They got the job because they have a different set of skills. They got the position on the team because they work harder. They practice more. Um, Something like that. And sometimes we're, I think we're afraid of hearing that. And I think sometimes we get upset just because we're jealous, not because anything's been done wrong. It's just that we thought we should have. And the truth is we probably weren't the guy for the job or the position.
1: So then, you know, we wind up complaining to all of our friends. Is that right or wrong? Is it wrong. sin or not? Yeah. be sinned. Yeah, that that's what we have to try to understand is, all right, maybe the person in charge sinned. They intentionally were unfair because of what they thought that they would get out of this other person because of a relationship, whatever it may be. But now, we're faced with the situation, what are we going to do? Are we going to sin? And so, you have to extrapolate that out now let's say you're talking about a business situation and the person does not go in and talk to the boss and they just post a whole lot of things on social media about the company same thing or different yeah same thing yeah <laughs> posting gotta, things on social media give is you a, just like yeah staying around and gossiping with your friends
0: Right, right. I got to do this. Extrapolate, word oh. of the day. Extrapolate. I
1: didn't realize I nice said one. it. Yeah,
0: right. And I just recently uh, was involved in a situation where somebody did post something to Facebook, and it got out of control. Uh, somebody criticized somebody. and Oh, good. You have to tell me that story off <laughs> You have to. Oh, I'll tell you. And it's and It's some great gossip. Yeah, some great gossip for sure. It's yeah, it's crazy. It's a crazy story. But yeah, um, you, you know what I've found that sometimes if you just wait and see what happens in those situations, it will correct itself because they'll put somebody in that position and they will not be able to handle it and they will really blow it. And it, it looks way better when they have to come to you and say, hey, we made this decision. We made the wrong decision. We should have put you in this position. And here you go. That is that sometimes is way better than just running right to the situation and saying, hey, this is a fair and I should have been picked and, you know, whatever. Sometimes just wait a little bit and see and maybe maybe it is a great decision and you'll see that too. So I think sometimes just waiting, getting all the facts because we don't always know. Let's be honest, as pastors, we didn't convey to people everything when we chose someone for position. We didn't get up in church and say, well, I'm choosing this person because of these qualities and, and this you know, whatever we we just made the decision, and people would sometimes surmise, or they would, you know, they would think, you know, in their own minds what's happening, and and that wasn't the truth at all. So sometimes that happens.
1: Uh, let me try to give a veiled example. Um, I won't talk about where I was in the church or you know what the situation was, but I had to be involved in making a decision in a position in a church it was not a paid position but it was a volunteer position and right there was somebody that was supremely qualified and who uh, those that were involved in making that decision were pretty much in agreement that he was the best candidate and when i talked with him he told me privately about a sin that he'd been involved in oh, and been trying to right. deal with. And he and I right. both agreed it would not be wise for him to be in that position. So now there's right. other people involved and just the mm-hmm. general population of the church all wondering, what what's the deal? How come that person is in instead of that person. And I could never tell them. I I just, you know, it it wasn't my total decision to make at that time, but I was privy to that. And I just encouraged people, look, you know, I believe the Lord will honor this decision that was made. We're just going to go forward with it. I just said nothing about it and there was only one other person that knew about that besides me and we had both agreed you know well this this would not be good for that person or Mm -hmm. the health of the church and so sometimes decisions are made and what you know you may not have all the facts and you may not even be able to get all Mm -hmm. the facts And so that's why we as pastors or youth directors or coaches or teachers or principals or bosses, whoever we are, whatever that that role is that we're in, we had better be honest and fair people where Mm -hmm. someone can trust Mm -hmm. us.
0: Mm -hmm. You make a couple of bad decisions in hiring or placing someone in a position and it goes awry you're going to have a very difficult time as a leader. People are going to start losing confidence in your leadership. And when that happens, it is very, very difficult to regain. And if you do choose someone because they are a favorite or they're wealthy or whatever, um, and people find out that that comes to light, boy, you are going to have so many troubles. It is not worth placing a person in that position over what you're going to have to deal with if that ever comes out. I give strong warning to those in leadership.
1: Yeah, uh, here's a situation for me, another situation that I was in as a coach. It was the last home game of the season. And so you always, I don't care what the sport is, you try to get all your seniors in. To get playing time, and so sure. the, you know, the crowd can give them applause when they come out. You, if you're ahead, you sort of get to bring them out one by one to, you know, sort of let the crowd give them a good applause for the work that they put in for four years and things. Well, it, we were playing another team that it was between us and them on who won the championship in the league, and mm. I mean it was a nail biter the whole way through. And I kept asking the assistant coach, I said, Man, I got to get so and so in and so and so in. We had two two seniors that did not get in. Uh, And I'm going, I got to put them in. And uh, we're both like, Where? Where can we put them in where it's not going to hurt us? You know, we've got an obligation to the team, too, not just individuals. And so Mm -hmm. I never got them in. And we, I mean, and we barely escaped with a one goal win. And so, you know, wow. after, you know, we huddle up, pray, you know, talk about the talk about the uh, tournament we're going to be in and everything else, we dismiss. Boom, 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 boom. Here comes the dad of one of those seniors yeah. marching across yeah. the field. And I oh, could yeah. see, I mean, steam was boiling off of the top of his head. And I knew, it. I, right. I, you know, after you're coaching a while, you realize you're going to have to face, face oh, that yeah. stuff and so he came oh yeah i came and i said i am so sorry i know it i agree and and i always want to get the seniors in and you're right i but i just couldn't get him in and you know he still went in and i still apologized and was a reconciliatory tone and you know yes i i understand i just could not find a way to get him in and i felt so badly for him and i did apologize to both those both those seniors right. with the team that was there and they're like Hey, who cares? We won. You know, we're going on. You know. And so, uh, right, you know, right. So then he then he said, you had two freshmen out there. You're telling me that those freshmen are better players than my kid who's a senior? And I looked him right in the eye and went, yes. And he went, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he marched, he walked wow. back. You know, so a- at least wow. that comes from a reputation of trying to be fair, you may not make yeah. it all the time, but he—he yeah. right. he was a good Christian man. And okay, well then that's yeah. the way you called it. So all right, I can live with that. Yeah. Well,
0: and I think people realize that's—that's that's not a favoritism situation. You didn't have those other boys in because you know you were buddies with them, or your son. Yeah, were and he would have disagreed. With he a, would have thought that his son know. was
1: better. But at least he saw the way that I—that I. That's the way I saw it. You know so
0: right right and I and I had people as a pastor you know I I had you know people in our church that I grew up with and had known them a very long time and they've been a part of our church and they've been very involved in our church and and uh, you know they they would do things sometimes that you know I I wouldn't agree with or I wouldn't maybe allow in other situations and they would do it and people say oh you're showing favoritism I say no I'm I'm not showing favoritism I've known them a long time." But what you don't know is that I spoke to them about that. You just never Mm -hmm. saw that. You never heard that. I'm not going to get up and say, hey, just so everybody knows, I chewed them out or I don't allow that. You don't do that. And so sometimes that will happen. And as a person from the outside looking in – Sometimes realize you just don't have all the information you need before you go off the handle. And if that dad had known, if he'd been sitting on the sideline with you saying, "We got to get this guy in. We got to get him in. We can't do it," it might have been a different story. But all he sees is that's my kid. I love him. Sure. I want. I, I want him to have that. his moment. Yep. Right. And so right. What and you said
1: is a hundred percent right. Go to the person. Go to the person. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a teenager, you're a college student, don't do it in a youth group or a class setting. Don't go to them right. with five other people who want to go, yeah, yeah. You go to somebody privately right. and air your grievance. Right. And you try to air your grievance right. like a Christian. Uh, don't Then mm-hmm. don't gossip about it. And number three, make sure you pray about it man pray mm-hmm. because of nothing else yes. you got to get your heart right lord i'm so disappointed mm-hmm. and i sure wish that i would have had that last spot on the singing group but uh lord give them a good summer write down and make sure you pray for that singing group every day that summer that you're not a part of and that you wanted to be on that will change your heart to where by the end of the summer when you go back to college You don't have a lot of—you can hear the stories now. Oh, man, we were over here, and we saw this, and we did this. And you don't have to be bitter or cold or, uh, you know, uh, just, you know, upset about those things. You can deal with it and move on.
0: Are you happy now? You went over 20 minutes. I am happy. No, I I can't say anything. I can't say anything now. It's favoritism. Well— you show favoritism to yourself. Legalism. <laughs> That's another week. That's a whole other week. Legalism. Wow.
1: Yeah, you gotta we go could by do the, the rules. On that.
0: Yeah. But well, see, I've got nothing else to say because you na- see, you nailed it on that one. That's a good answer.
1: You don't go by the rules, but you're making me go by the rules. That's the problem.
0: Yeah. No, I qu- I quit talking. I stopped talking <laughs> there.
1: Because I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, we all know.
0: <laughs> Dan woven has never caught, cut cut a, a, a thought short ever in his life.
1: <laughs> well, once it's in there, gotta it's got to come up out. For your height somehow. I'm sure That's always right. in in other ways. So. I...
0: <laughs> That's right. What are you doing? You're heavy. That's I've I got nothing. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I'm, i got nothing. I'm like a uh, bowling ball.
0: Whoa. I'm like a bowling <laughs> pin. <laughs> That's why we're such a good team. <laughs> three strikes and you're out. <laughs> All right, last point. Oh, last man. Point. Hey, last great point. week.
1: Proverbs okay, 15, okay. 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. Oh, yes. You had better comfort yes. yourself and solace yourself that maybe you are better. Maybe you do have more skills. Maybe you could do, excel in that position. But to understand somehow for some reason, it was not the Lord's will. So even an unsaved right. person can bring about the will of God in your life. So make sure that you understand God sees, God knows. And what the Lord mm-hmm. wants more than you having that position is your heart to be right with him, whether you have that position or not?
0: Yeah. Al 101. If you're not good enough to be on someone else's podcast, start your own. <laughs> <laughs> I am Al Stone. I am enjoying this week immensely. Great podcast week. Thank you for good listening. Thank you for being a part. Good topic. Thank you for bringing that to us, and uh, we need more always. We're looking for great topics, and uh, at our age, to have any thought at all is very difficult, so when you help us with that, it really is a blessing. So help us with that. Send those in. We appreciate it very much. I'm Al Stone from St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, former pastor of the Bible Baptist Church, now traveling full-time in evangelism for the Canadian Gospel Project. That's who I am.
1: Uh, Well, I'm just nobody. But I do have and syndrome, so every once in a while I just go yep. off and I can't be held responsible for the time of the podcast.
0: You're hired. <laughs> you get the job.
1: <laughs>
0: You're the new pastor of the church.
1: <laughs>
0: anybody, anybody with that kind of qualification, stone Stonewolvenism. you got it. This is Tim Talks. We'll be back with you on Monday. Thank you for listening as always. Amen. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Serve with your family in, the, in your local church and do something great for the Lord. We love you and appreciate you. Have a great week. You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone, and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M Talks.com.